We're going to start a new series today, and we're calling it Joseph When God Shows Up. And we're going to be spending the next several weeks looking into the life of Joseph and how God shows up through many different situations. Today, we're going to look at how God shows up in a very unique thing called dreams. How God was working through the dream uh, planted in the mind of Joseph, in the, in the mind of uh, different ones that he finds himself along the journey, but how God was speaking or would show up in the time of dreams. They just sang a song about who we are, because I believe there are two basic questions that every human on the planet has to ask and have to answer. First of all, that there is a God and that I have a desperate need for him. There is the, every person on the planet has to come to an awareness, a face-to-face experience at some time and understand this did not just happen or evolve from pond scum. There is a creator God and that creator God has prepared a way for me to be okay with him. And so we need to know that. The second thing we need to know, foundational question that needs an answer, is that we are created by that God for a very specific purpose and a plan that he has for our life. We need to be aware of that, knowing our God and our need, knowing who we are as God has created us to be. Now, these things get twisted up by our living on planet Earth. Our understanding of God gets distorted by, uh, go back to the foundation of our life, our homes. Go to our homes. Go back to when you were raised. You may have come from incredibly godly parents who stayed together their whole life, who loved you, that encouraged you, that brought you up in the love and the admonition of the Lord. That may be your experience. Or you may have come from a home that was broken, that was from divorce. You may have come from a home where there was abuse. You may have come from a home where words spoken over you produced all kinds of uh, death into your life. Our understanding of God gets distorted by brokenness in our family. It may be distorted by the abuse I just talked about, whether it's in the home or somewhere else. Because when we get abuse, we become fearful. It sets in a very strong spirit of fear, and we begin to live our life defensively. Vicki just read out of the uh, Batterson book about becoming offensive in our walk with God, with our faith life, taking, putting God in front of everything that we do. But abuse causes us to live in defense, in fear our whole life. So our concept of God can get distorted by uh, that kind of thing. We're in a place where false teaching is everywhere on planet earth. We know scripturally says that deception is going to increase toward the end of time. So we hear more and more and more things coming out. That, uh, and when we get that, notice this, everywhere a false teaching or a false thought gets planted in our mind, that it starts as a, as a seed, but it begins to grow. <clears throat> and the seed growing out of a false belief system produces fruit in us, which is basically doubt, where we will be doubting God. And so these things distort our view of God. Our understanding of who we are is also twisted up by things that happen. Our own sin. 
our own rebellion against God. The things that we look back on now with shame and guilt and condemnation, those things, if they own us, if they begin to be the thing that identifies our life, it will cause us to not understand our creation or words that are spoken. I'm kind of big about this, you know, the words that are spoken over us as a child, whether those were words of life, words of seeing the greatness of God in our children, or if they were words of the curse, which whatever the words were used says, you're really not good enough. You need to perform better before I can love you. Those kind of things produce within us a religion, a works-based acceptance. Those things twist up our concept of who we are. Today, as we look at the life of Joseph, I want us to uh, start trying to figure out how God shows up in the midst of all this kind of brokenness in our life. Now, Joseph, uh, his name means Jehovah gives increase. <clears throat> Jehovah gives increase. God blesses. God advances. God prospers. That's his name, the meaning of his name. In, the, in a Jewish sense, it's Yosef ben Yaakov, means Joseph, son of Jacob. His parents, as for those of you biblical history, comes from a relationship between his, his father Jacob and his wife Rachel. There's a lot of story, background behind that, that family. And Joseph takes up the first 14 chapters, or takes up 14 chapters in the book of Genesis, a big portion of it. So it's a very important message here. It's basically telling us the story of Joseph's the, 14, the chapters before Joseph tell us the story of his heritage. It goes back to Abraham, the progenitor or the first of the chosen of God. And God made a covenant with Abraham that from him was going to come a seed. And from that seed would come a great nation. So that was a promise of God to Abraham. Out of Abraham comes Isaac. If you'll remember the story of Isaac. Abraham and his wife were old, couldn't have children, and so he's asking God, how's this blessing? How am I going to be a nation? We don't even have children. But God told him that you, we are going, I'm going to make you have a child, and at 90 plus years of age, they had their first child, and that was Isaac. Out of Isaac, as the father, he was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the second born twin now Jacob, I'm giving you a lot here, but Jacob, his name means deceiver. Because remember how he got the blessing? There was a deception plan between him and his brother, and he stepped into the firstborn position in order to get the greatest blessing from the father. You get to see such a big desire for the blessing. So out of Jacob, who this deceiver, and by the way, after he met with God, God changed his name to Isaac. So from deceiver, he became, Isaac means uh, Israel, becomes the chosen one. So God can change all of us in the process. So out of Jacob or Israel comes Joseph. He's the 11th son of Jacob, the first son of his wife, Rachel. The other 11 were born by two other wives that he had at that time. In the story, as we go through this, you're going to see a reflection or a foreshadowing, if you will, of the time of Jesus and who Jesus was. 
And let me give you just a, a rundown of that. He's loved by his father. He is hated and betrayed by brothers. He is sold for 20 pieces of silver in this story. He's falsely accused, judged guilty of a crime that he did not do. He, aban he was abandoned and forgotten for a season. He, prom he was promoted after he spent time suffering and he became the means of salvation for those even that had betrayed him. Very similar, if you think back, how that story reflects the story of Jesus. If the second book of the Pentateuch, the second book of the Bible, Exodus, is the story of how God brought his children out of bondage, then this story in Genesis tells us how they got there in the first place, how they wound up in Egypt in their bondage. This second section of scripture is a, primarily, for me, a story of God's sovereignty. As I've been looking at it and, and preparing for this series to, to see the hand of God when man, when we don't see him moving, he still is. When we think we're all alone and abandoned, God's in the midst of that. He, it is never out of his control and his plan is never thwarted. Nothing stops God's plan from being accomplished. So I see the, that God is sovereign in this, in this message so much. It's an encouraging to me. As we look at Joseph, we're going to see that he is the vehicle or the person that is going to carry the genetic line of Abraham so that the promise to Abraham it will be fulfilled. Because if something hadn't happened, they would have probably died in in a very difficult season, in a time when, they, when there was nothing on the earth for, for the family to survive on. <clears throat> All right, you have your Bibles? I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 37. We're going to read the first 11 verses today. <clears throat> I'm going to be reading it today out of the New King James. Genesis 37, 1 through 11. Now Jacob, now that's the same name as Israel, dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years of age, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, the two other wives. <clears throat> and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. He told on them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and couldn't speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. <clears throat> he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more. 
for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream, if that didn't cause him enough trouble. Then he dreamed another dream, and he told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and even the stars bowed down to me. So he told that to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him. And he said to them, what is this dream that you have had, that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers, brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Lord, I ask you to just take your word now and begin to speak it clearly into our hearts. Lord, I pray that we can hear it <coughs> with our mind, but I pray, God, that you will take your words and let it be settled into the depths of our being. That through this, Father, you will speak to us today and that we might be found faithful and moving in advancement with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, when God shows up in dreams, we see the first couple of dreams that happen in his life. Number one, main point I want you to get, God's plan for Joseph was revealed through these dreams. He was just a teenager. You notice he was 17. He didn't know what he was going to do. He didn't, don't do, didn't you hate that when you were a junior in high school or a senior in high school? Everybody asked you, what are you going to do? I don't have a clue what I'm going to do. So that's where he was. He was at that age. And now he come from a dysfunctional family. I don't know if you can say that about scriptural people, but they were dysfunctional. He had three wives. That up front's going to tell you it's dysfunctional. Yes? All the men said amen. <clears throat> And all the women just elbowed you. Okay. So he comes from a dysfunctional family. You can tell they're fighting. They're jealous. And by the way, don't use him as an example of parenting. Because you are not to select one of your children as your favorite. Okay. I'll just tell you up front. Don't do that. It's caused a lot of problems. But he did. And so it was dysfunctional as a family. He's working in his father's business. If you had asked him at 17, what in the world are you going to be? He said, I'm going to be what my great-grandfather was, my grandfather was, my dad is, and, I, and now I am simply in following the line of my family. I'm going to be a shepherd. That's all he knew. That's all he was going to be. And it says that God began to change that plan for his life through dreams, a couple of dreams. And when he shared it with his brothers, did you see what they thought of him? See the dysfunction? He's, they said they hated him even more. They didn't just dislike this lad. They hated him for, his, for the dream that he had. I, think he was, I don't think he was a snotty-nosed kid that just causing trouble. I think he was saying, guys, let me tell you what a dream happened to me. It's weird, but when he told it, the brothers got even more mad at him. What I want you to get is that Joseph was being prepared by God for his destiny long before he was aware of it. I want to say that to you again because this is for you too. God is preparing you before, for his God-given, for his design in your life. Even when you don't know it and you're not aware of it, he's working in your life. <clears throat> he started with these dreams of the sheaves. You know, in that day, we didn't have, they didn't have machinery. They just had the the harvesting hook, and they would go into the wheat fields, take the harvesting hook, and, and chop at the bottom of the, of the wheat 
Then they bundle it together, tie it together, and then set it out in the field to be picked up later. And the dream was, um, he said, I saw myself, God made my sheaf stand up, then all of my brothers, your sheaves, bent over toward me. And so the, they just got more and more angry. You're telling me you're going to rule over us, is their thought. Dreams are the central point of this story many times. Let me talk to you about it. The major events of his life happened on a dream. His purpose in life happened after a dream. And as you will walk through the rest of the story, the dreams and interpretation of dreams were the things that God was using to direct his life. <clears throat> Although he didn't know where he was going to go, God was preparing him and his way for the future. God's will was being accomplished through this young man who had no idea. And I want to say that to you. God's will is going to be, is being accomplished through you even if you have no idea how that's done. Because this story is about one man, but it's the message of God to us. That in those days, you don't know where you are, you don't know what you're doing, you may be early in life trying to figure it out, you may be late in life thinking it's over, and, but God says, no, I'm working out my plan through your life. <clears throat> Pay attention to your early dreams. Pay attention to when you were young. Some of you of us are old now. I would say, go back, and what were your early dreams? Pay attention to them. I would also say to you parents and to you grandparents, pay attention to the dreams in your children, the vision, the, the plan, the big plan of God on their life. <clears throat> and since I'm old, let me show you, because I have a little perspective now, on my own children. They're no longer in my home. But I'll go with my eldest son, Aaron. We were, I was, um, I think I just left Hamlin and went to First Baptist Mount Vernon and we were doing a youth event, a big youth event for the area. And that evening I was to set up the PA system and set up the lights and run the lights for this event. At that event, I remember setting and I'll run the, I was telling Aaron is probably about this tall. I don't know, six, seven, eight, maybe. And I said, I'll run the sound. Why don't you just run the lights? And something triggered in that boy that night that, his, that became the dream of his life. To this day, that's what he does. He runs sound, sets up PA systems, runs lights for kingdom of God purposes. My second son, Sean, at the same age, six or seven eight, I don't remember, we got an electric guitar for him at Christmas. He was one of those kids, you didn't have to get him lessons or you didn't have to push him to play. He was just driven to play the guitar. And so that happened and, he, and today he's a worship leader in a church. A, a by the way story for Sean. When we would have meals, he would take ketchup and mustard and barbecue sauce and Worcestershire sauce and different sauce. He'd mix up different sauces all the time. And out of that came a company he started called Grove Salsa. So you got to watch the dreams of your children early. My third child was Ashley. She loved to sing. I loved to hear her sing. But when we, uh, you know, when you're a pastor, you have a whole lot of weddings. So when she was a little girl, 
She went with me to every wedding that I did. Vicky would dress her up in her frilly, fancy clothes. She's about this tall, dress about that big. And she would go to all the weddings with me because her greatest dream was to be married and to have kids. And she's living that dream. Watch the dreams of your children when they're early. You're going to get tired because I have five kids. <laughs> My fourth one buys stuff, uses stuff, sells it for more than he paid for it. Just from the beginning, he was just one of those kind of kids. Guess what he does? Sells stuff. He's a salesman. But you just got to watch the dreams. And then my, my last one, everybody said amen. My last one came along a little later, and he came out with a drum set. You have to imagine it was a difficult delivery. <laughs> but he could actually drum pretty well at age two. We have videos of him playing drums. And today he's in Nashville playing drums professionally and writing music and producing albums. Watch the dreams that are in your children early. Because God does work through a vision or an implantation of God's purpose in our life. I get to see that in my own kids, and I would like for you to consider that as well. If you notice that if you're not careful, we'll get caught up in a time when we say, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. And we can be trapped by different things. We'll get trapped by, well, that's all my dad did. That's what my granddad did. And so that's just all I'm going to be. Well, maybe God has a different dream in the midst of that. <clears throat> and we as parents have to be careful if our kids' dream is a little bit different than our normal. You got to see that dream, nurture that dream in them, raise them up. All five of our kids, very different. Each one with a different vision and a passion and gifting. And when you see it, just follow God's design in it. Train them up in the way that they should go. I think that's part of us seeing the dream of God in their life. <clears throat> Here's one thing I, I want to settle with you today. We learn we do not let turmoils of life keep us from pursuing God's plan. As we go through the life of Joseph, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to see trouble after trouble after trouble after trouble. Abuse, lies, imprisonment, failure from the perspective of human eyes, just kind of a messed up life. But what I want you to understand and we're going to look at, we cannot let life and what it does to us Stop us from God from pursuing God's plan. You betray him. What does he do? He ends up running the estate. You throw him in prison. What happens? He gets to the posi position of ro ruling or overseeing the prison. You sell him as a slave to Egypt. He winds up the prime minister or the second in line in Egypt. Whatever life throws at you, don't let that be the determining issue. Find God's plan and purpose and let him elevate you wherever you are. He is sovereign and his will is going to be done. Do not be in dismay. Life is not easy. Just get over it. I have had to get over it about every day of my life. This is just harder than it ought to be. You know when I started saying that when I went from high school to college? Ah, oh, this is too hard. 
I didn't have to study in high school. Now if I study, I'm still not doing good. You know, life is tough. Second, we learn that God is always working for our good, even in the tough things. Spurgeon said, God is to be seen in the small things. Since God stands behind the universe he created, we should not be surprised to find his fingerprints everywhere, even in the smallest details, even in the difficult details, God's fingerprint. And the third thing, Vicki, come on up. We learn that Jesus Christ is the power to make your life worthwhile. A lot of the stuff that we face in our life is basically put there to push us down, imprison us, keep us uh, broken under the, the curses of this world. God, and they've sung it even today, is for the purposes of redemption. He is the redeemer. The enemy wants to identify you as a failure, put you under the curse. You know why? He's working constantly against God's design in you. Because he knows that when you find out who you are in Christ, chosen, forgiven, filled with the Spirit of God, empowered by the giftings of the Spirit, our minds transformed by the Word of God, the power of the Spirit walking and being our path in front of us, our guards to our right, our protection from the back. He is all of these things for us, and he calls us to forget the curses and the brokenness and the prisons and the slavery of our past, forgetting what is behind and keeping your eyes on the high calling of Jesus Christ, we follow after him. I'm telling you, he wants you under your brokenness because the enemy wants you under the brokenness because he's afraid of who you will be when you find God's call. My, this, my challenge to you this morning, old guys and women, what were your original dreams? Rethink them for just a moment. You might say, well, that's just, that was kid stuff. I had to get about real life. There may have been, just see if there wasn't something of God in them that may just now be ready to be fulfilled in your life. But you said, but look at all the things. I can't do that now. No, look at Joseph. He had a lot of stuff. But God worked through that for his perfect plan for redemption. God may be speaking to you this morning. You may find that you're stuck under somebody else's dream. When you are, it's actually a curse. Find God's dream for you. Some of you are just beat up discouraged by life's tricks and the trials that come I'm telling you trust in the sovereignty of your God he has not left you and you've not missed it you're on track to his calling but this could also be for those in this room today that are living in rebellion God called you to something early and you've been rebelling against it ever since so you have a form of godliness, but you've denied the power because you want the power. But let me tell you something. You pursue the dream of God in your life, you will find your life. You think you're holding on to it. No, if you'll lay your control off, you lay your control off and submit to the dream God planted in you, you will find life. You'll find the desires that you're looking for. Don't fight against him. Submit to him. 
His plan isn't to mess you up. His plan is you can have life and have it to the max. Some may be nearing hopelessness because of a prison, because of an accusation, because of some other issue. I'd like to just tell you, remember Joseph. In every one of those places, God is with him and God will redeem and restore and renew you. Would you take a moment and just say, God, what are you saying to me today? Ask him. God, what are you saying to me today? Some may need to come and get on your face in this altar and just say, Lord, I'm sorry that I've wrestled against you so much. Some may need to come and confess sin that's kept you in bondage. Let this be a new day, a new start by submitting to the sovereignty of our Lord. Or this may be the day you want to get it started in a relationship. Just come and say, I need to have Jesus my life. Lord, have your way with us. Speak to us individually. And I'm saying, God, we don't, we don't need to hear another message. We need to hear you. So Lord, speak to our hearts that we might follow you today. It's in Jesus' name. Would you stand? We're going to have a time to give you a chance to respond. We'll make a place in an altar or on the front row or on these steps if you want to come and pray. You may have a message of God. Listen carefully because I believe the message of God will be speaking to you and through you as the body of Christ. God may put a person on your mind you want to go encourage or pray for or bless or to meet a need. Just feel free to minister as the Spirit of God directs you because you get real dangerous when you're following the Spirit of God. Life begins to come out of death. Freedom out of bondage. Or if you need prayer, just come and pray. The altars are open.